Good morning. Welcome into In Focus here on News Radio KMAN on this Tuesday morning, last day of May. And we'll be talking today with some folks up from uh, the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks and the uh, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. We've got two guests in studio today. On my left, we have Ben Jellica, Riley County Game Warden with the Department of Wildlife and Parks. Good morning, sir. Thank you, Brandon Peoples. I like being here. Good to have you back. Always like talking with you here. Uh, Caleb Snyder is our other guest. He's the park manager at Tuttle Creek Lake with U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Good morning. Good morning, Brandon. Happy to be back. Pleasure to have you both in here after a, a Memorial Day weekend, which I'm sure was uh, rather busy with the fairly decent weather. I mean, we did have some winds to deal with, but uh, overall, not a bad weekend. No, it wasn't a bad weekend at all. Uh yeah, as you can imagine, Memorial Weekend is, is usually kind of the kickoff to summer. The lake's hopping usually, and, you know, as you mentioned, the wind unfortunately did not hold off. Luckily, the rain did until the, last night, but the wind, if anybody was outside this weekend, they know it was it was breezy. Um, so I think that kept the boating traffic down a little bit. But, uh, you know, for, for the core campgrounds, it was a busy camping weekend still. Um, all of our campsites were full at uh, Stockdale and, and Tuttle Cove Park, so we were happy to see all the campers out They they braved the wind and, and made it through. No no major issues from the weekend at all there. Um, I, I will. We we're going to talk about lake conditions maybe a little bit later. I will I will put a little note in right now. If if you're planning on visiting Stockdale Campground, what I call Stockdale Park Road, kind of the lower road, the gravel road to access that park is actually underwater at the moment. We are about six feet high on lake elevation. So if you're planning on going to Stockdale, just keep that in mind. You'll have to go take Blue River Hills Road north and round and kind of come in on the back side there but uh otherwise our parks are open uh the lake level's not high enough now to impact anything there uh, as far as the, the weekend goes memorial weekend you know the day users were out quite a bit too all the shaller shelters were busy uh, we are releasing 6,000 cfs so the, the fishing activity at the tubes was was heavy ben i don't know if you were down through there over the weekend well i didn't get i didn't get in there but um like you said with the wind kept the boating traffic easily uh, Saturday or Sunday, it was half of what has been what 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 the his what holiday weekend history has been. Uh, I kind of take an unofficial count of the trailers at uh, Spillway Marina, and uh, the the heavy day was twenty seven, which was half of what has been normal in the past several years. And yesterday there were three. <laughs> which which is a good thing because it was dangerous. I mean, it, the wind was way, way too much to go out on the lake, and I think they found that out the the, the, the few days before. Um, and then yesterday was worse yet. Yep, learned their lesson early. And yes. Stayed home yesterday. Now, I, I was out of town this weekend, but I, I know it was windy. Cause I got back to my house. Um, I have a stand-up basketball goal, and it was – had about 200 plus pounds of weight on it and it tipped over so i don't know how do you guys measure wind gusts up there yeah we do and you know i didn't look at that this morning i should have i'll bet yesterday uh, it wouldn't surprise me a bit if it hit 40 easily and and more than once (laughs) probably so Hmm. yeah the whole weekend was was very windy so it's probably smart to stay home yesterday afternoon for sure yeah well it's good to see that you know at least the traffic is returning and and that's uh of course, good for the the whole economy here of the the Manhattan area. Uh, as far as folks coming in, a lot of folks from out of town. Would you say? Yeah, there typically is. Yeah, we see we see traffic from from all over the place that comes in. And, and they're they're uh, they're not just up the lake; they're along the river and uh, other 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 
areas. Hey, I got to go see something, uh, and there were motorhomes and and uh, out of state people. Uh, but there's a waterfall over at uh, Gary County, and it's below the dam. And I got to go see that. I, it was on my list to go see that. I, I just went yesterday. Uh, the boating traffic was down to three trailers that didn't need my my assistance, uh, and so I, I slipped over to Gary County and went to that waterfall over there. That's that's something to see. Nice. All right. Well, you mentioned the. Uh uh, the Stockdale River, is, is that typical for that one to be underwater, I mean, or does, does that happen quite often? It, it, it does happen. It, it's got a, we've got to drop back below about 1080 for that to for that road to open back up. Right now we're just over 1081, so if we come down another foot or so, that road will get open back up, and you'll be able to access it uh, from that lower road again. But, but, yeah, anytime we get up around 1080, that road gets shut down. So All right. And that happens about uh, – I think it happens every year uh, – just uh, those that six foot that six extra feet from conservation pool you're ta- calling ten seventy five right yep and then do you change it to ten seventy eight later in the summer no conservation pool is ten seventy five okay so that six feet and that came in about four or five days uh, and we've talked about that before that it can come up two feet a day uh, for. 10 days now it didn't do that now it it came up six feet over about five or about five days or six days so um that that's not unusual uh one thing that it kind of it's really in some ways it's got advantages and disadvantages it scours the the shore so it makes it a nice place to explore but now that we got that extra six feet it's getting up into the vegetation uh but when it drops back down which it very well may isn't it nice to have mud back oh yeah uh, mud, mud's better than <laughs> dust any day I, I, at least that's my opinion uh, and i kind of miss the mud uh, agreed and it seems like it's a sign of that maybe things are improving uh, we were talking about this this morning that the u.s drought monitor uh, we need to see the report this week to see if uh we're in the clear here at least in this region i know it's not the same for the rest of the state but uh That'll be something to watch. And, and this kind of shows it here with the lake going up a little bit. Yeah. Well, the, the ponds are full, too. Uh, and it's it's kind of a we, – we've gone through that cycle, uh, and uh, maybe we're back to normal a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the rise that we've seen in the lake elevation was from the rains that we, we received a week ago, roughly. Yeah. Um, we had almost two more inches at our office from the rains last night. It's uh, yet to be determined how that will impact – uh, obviously, the rains we got here won't do much for lake elevation, but I'm not sure how much they got up north. That yeah, that's something that uh, uh, people need to understand that that uh, the lake can really come up a lot, but not from rain from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that drainage goes all the way up to the Platte River and back into western Kansas, right? Yeah, way up into Nebraska. Yep. It, it's uh, so yeah. If they get rain up there, that's what's going to impact our elevation. Hmm. All right, and uh, it's been a while since it's been probably even above 1080. It's been dry. We held good up till this point, hanging right at 1075, and and we're actually on a slow decline right now. But again, we'll uh, have to see what the what the rains do. We were supposed to go to 8,000 CFS today. We're at 6,000 right now, but with the rains that push through, and and uh, and so they're going to look at the Waverly gauge in Missouri. That's that's kind of what we measure off of how much water is in the river 
determines how much we can release. <clears throat> and so they'll see after these rains push through, uh, we may open up later this week, go up on, on up to 8,000, but we'll just have to see. We learned a lot about that Waverly gauge three years ago. <laughs> you don't want to hear that anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, again, we're talking with Caleb Snyder and Ben Jedlicka here uh, on In Focus. Uh, temperatures, uh, as far as getting in the water, uh, I know I dipped in a pool here this weekend. It was a little chilly. Uh, it's about 70 degrees, huh? Yeah, we're getting up to around 70 degrees, but it, it, it can feel chilly <laughs> when you get in there. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's slowly creeping up. Brandon, did you take swimming lessons? Uh, no, I never did take swimming lessons. Well, this morning is a good reason why not. Uh, if you have swimming lessons this morning, you know, school's out. Mm-hmm. And if the kids have swimming lessons this morning, there are going to be some shivering children. Oh, yeah. Uh, but those swimming lessons are important. Uh, they're, uh, they're available. And uh, what I found was that uh, – and it, it took me till my neighbor's start, children started to learn to swim. And that is that you go to those swimming lessons – uh, and and sometimes you have to use two by fours and pry bars to get the kids to go, but that's that's a big deal on keeping them safe in the future. They'll freeze a little bit, but their homework is always good. You know what that is, isn't it? The homework. The homework. I'm not sure. Well, you go swimming. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I found was uh, I learned swimming lessons, and I know I froze. Uh, in the morning, they have swimming lessons in the morning, and it's it's not pleasant. Those children get a little cold. <laughs> but what I found too is that uh, when I saw the neighbor kids learning to swim, was you put a life jacket on a on a child uh, at four, five, six years old, they they learn to to uh, uh, maneuver in the water with that life jacket on, and it's it's a it's a the greatest swimming aid. To, to get them to progress towards swimming. That's a good point. Uh, we have a phone call here. Robert's standing by, and he has a question or a comment. So uh, we'll go to Robert. That uh, rain, of course, earlier in the spring was good for the morel mushrooms that are everywhere now with the mud and the rain. It's good for the blackberries, raspberries along the edge of the lake and the mulberries that are everywhere down the hedgerows and uh Elderberry is out north of Fancy Creek along the road, but uh, you want to watch about it driving the snakes up out of the <laughs> dens into the grass. You know, there on the east side of uh, Randolph Bridge is a wonderful uh, deer shed search area that's always worked out for everybody, but it's called Rattlesnake Hill. This is a, a warning. Okay, well, thank you for being there. Thanks for the update. Appreciate it. You well, must be better at finding morels than me because I have not stumbled across one this year. I didn't. I missed them this year, and uh, of course, crappie take a lot of my time. But uh, I, I didn't find a one this year, and looked a little bit. And and speaking of that, we we're talking about the lake temperatures. Back in May, we had uh, what five of seven days was ninety plus, and that did it for the crappie. It just made them. I think that they all spawned pretty much all at one time, uh, and it, it right as it was really getting good, uh, that ninety degree temperatures came, and they 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 had what they needed uh, with with the it, it, things have been delayed with the cool weather, mm-hmm. and I think that that really uh, 
really made the crappie uh, opportunity uh, short-lived. Just as it was getting going, we got 90 degrees in May for almost a full week, not quite. Yeah, gosh. Uh, we'll take a first break here on the program. We're going to continue on in a moment with uh, Ben Jedlica and Caleb Snyder, but we got to pay the bills, so we'll be back in a moment here on News Radio KMAN. We're back here on In Focus News Radio KMAN, talking with Caleb Snyder from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, Ben Jedlica from the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks, and uh, we talk a little bit here now about uh, some construction going on around the dam. And I know it's not a lot right now here, Caleb, but uh, we do have some news to report. Yeah, there's no work going on right now, but I know we've mentioned in the past about the, the riprap work that's going to take place on the face of the dam. Um, the, the bids for that project are actually due in this week, so hopefully we'll, we'll get some stuff back on that. And so, so no dates to report right now as far as when that work will begin, but once we get the bids in and, and kind of sift through all that, we'll, we'll have a better idea. But uh, once that does start, the, the parking lots on both ends of the dam Will, will likely be closed while that work is going on. So, so just an FYI. But as we get dates, we'll let you know. But right now, we don't we don't have any. Um, we, we're going to be doing some work on the control tower liner repair as well. Uh, that's still kind of in the review stage. It's not even out for bid or anything yet. So, so no updates there really either. Uh, we will hopefully uh, this fall be uh, getting some habitat and. Restoration work done in all the areas that were, were flooded in 2019. A lot of dead timber around the lake standing um, that uh, is hopefully going to get removed and replant some native grass, some habitat, some things, uh, get it looking back to normal hopefully in some areas. But uh, that, that contract is not out for bid yet either. But uh, we, we hope to get it that process worked through and, and start that work this fall. So that's kind of where we're at. No, no work in progress at the moment, but hopefully some things moving forward and we'll get, get some work going shortly. You know, I drive by that control tower quite a bit there on the dam. How big is that building? Man, I wish I knew how tall that is. I, I'm not, I probably should know that answer, Brandon. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't know that right off the top of my okay. head. Well, w- when the water goes up, it's up 60 feet. So it's got to be half of that, right? I mean, w- when, when the water comes up to the bottom of the bridge mm-hmm. what do you call that the approach to the tower yeah so it, it it seems just estimate would be 120 feet tall probably close to that inside there do you have like what machines or, or offices or what do you have in there i'm just curious <laughs> i've never if, i wish i had an office in there i'd go in there and <laughs> no that, that's just where we go to make the gate changes essentially so you okay. can't see a lot of it from the from the operating deck when you're in there uh, but there's hydraulic pumps, and, and you go in there and kick those on, and that, and that's how you run the, the gates up and down um, to to make the releases. Interesting. Okay. In a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> Something I've uh, I've driven by many times, and I always kind of wonder what's inside there. So, that's... Well, Angelia, one of our rangers, does a great tower tour, so uh, you could probably get in on one of those if you wanted to. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, well, so not a lot on construction. We'll see if uh, we'll get some dates here probably a little later on here in the summer. Uh, we've talked about water safety a little bit. Uh, you mentioned wearing life jackets, and I know that if you're ever up there uh, at the lake, there are some stations where you can actually get a life jacket, right? Life jacket loaner boards. Yeah, we have one of those at Tuttle Cove. And, yes, please please use it. That, that's what they're there for. We want everybody on the water to have a life jacket, preferably wearing it. But, uh, yeah, those stations are available Grab a life jacket. We just ask that you return it on your way out. So, this weekend I had a group blowing up a 
floaties. And and I it was a group of of five. Uh, they were each huffing and puffing and getting their floaty <laughs> ready to go. And I said, "Do you do you guys have a life jacket among any of you?" And they asked, "Well, do we need one? Is it required?" I said, "Well, I'm, I've all I don't want to look for people on the bottom of the lake. It's no fun. And if you just go right up to the parking lot, there are life jackets waiting for your use. So uh, I sent them right up there. Now, I I don't know whether they went." And I'm sure as soon as they got in the water, they didn't stay very long. At least they were on the windward side. The leeward side's upwind, right? I think leeward's upwind. Yeah, they were on the windward side. So they wouldn't have blown across the lake, which has happened. It has. <laughs> well, you'd never have to ask me twice. I would I would have that life jacket. I, I don't want to drown. You know, that's the – and I know that happens. Unfortunately, we see that every year, Ben. It, it even happens with lifeguards. There are it, – it's not – how do I put it? Just because you've learned to swim doesn't mean you won't get in a situation that you may drown. But a life jacket makes all the difference. It just it, – it's just a huge difference. Again, those young children – will learn to swim just by having a life jacket on. They'll learn to maneuver in the water, and uh, little by little you take the life jacket off, and pretty soon uh, they're dog paddling everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not only having one, but, but wearing it and wearing it properly. Yes. I saw some folks, uh, some, some kids this last weekend that had their life jackets on. They, they were the type that zipped and then buckled. But they weren't zipping them. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, it's going to be a lot more effective if you zip it up and buckle it. Make sure it's good and tight. Um, This kind of reminds me, and and here I am, uh, the fossil of the group here. Uh, But they they used to uh, wear a ski belt. And a ski belt was kind of like a drowning machine. (laughs) Because if it was around your waist and you went in the water or went unconscious, it would not raise your head out of the water it would be the opposite end would be up out of the water and uh, you won't survive that so they those are pretty much obsolete and for good reason yep yep and the stats that i see say uh 87 of the people that drown at core lakes aren't wearing a life jacket so that just goes to show that how important they are core lakes or not it's it's pretty much the same and by the way i'll say it again sometimes i feel like a broken record but canoes and kayaks are boats that, and you must have a life jacket on board. And um, the, these, well, you'll see them all over town. In fact, I see them. I'm not sure how often they get put in the water because I go to the areas that they would kayak, and I see them being towed on top of suvs a lot more than i see them in the water <laughs> but a life jacket is required for those also so and they're becoming more and more popular it seems yes uh, all the uh, it's paddle sports even the the and, and i i didn't mention it but there's a, uh, this new device called a paddle board well you have to have a life jacket on that one too um and that's kind of a new new and different sport I don't think I'd wanted to be on a paddle board during this past weekend. Uh, that wind would take you wherever it wanted to. Definitely. You'd have to have better balance than me to stay on one of those out in that. Now, the boat requirement, Ben, I, I have a question. Is that 
one life jacket per person? One or? life jacket per person. And once you get to a bigger boat, then it's also required to have a throwable device. And I kind of joke, well, that throwable device is in case I'm in trouble. Uh, if I'm out on the water, having that throwable device helps to help someone else uh, uh, that's uh, – well – that's just required on a boat 16 feet and over. All right. We can't stress enough. Uh, water safety is always important, especially uh, this time of year here when there's more people out. Uh, so just take those precautions. Uh, we, I know you say you sound like a broken record, but it is so good to rep- repeat that information every time you're on here. So glad to do it. Well, it's a t- true t- tragedy that we don't want to see again this year. Yeah. All right. We're going to take our second break on the show. We'll come back. We'll talk some more things. We've got to... Uh, information about uh, what you can get at the library. We'll also talk about some fishing here in a moment here on News Radio KMAN. We're back here on In Focus, News Radio KMAN. Getting some outdoors news here from uh, Caleb Snyder, parks man- our park manager at Tuttle Creek Lake, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, and Ben Jellica, Riley County Game Warden with the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks. And, and Ben's got some information he's going to share with us here about what you can get at your Manhattan Public Library, right? Well, it's not only Manhattan Public Library. It's several others. It's a new program. It kind of fell out of the sky, and I looked at that, and I said, well, we didn't invent this. I'm sure of it. You may go to to the library and check out a park permit for free, and then you go to the park. And uh, I would – if you take your Frisbees, there's Frisbee golf. uh, There's kayaks and canoes at the park. There's a beach at the park, and if you got your child into swimming lessons, you could take them to the park, and they could do their homework at the beach. That's pretty cool. Well, it is, and uh, it's uh, Womigo also has this program going, Manhattan Public Library. Marysville, I might have to speak louder to get up to Marysville, <laughs> but Marysville Public yeah. Library has it going. And here's one that's going to take some research. The Potawatomi Wabunsee Regional Library. Alma, maybe? I think it's in – I think they have a branch in Alma, but I think their main one's in St. Mary's, if I remember right. All right. I, I don't think that these will be available at the branch libraries. And it's a brand-new program. So other libraries definitely are encouraged to – to come along, and I didn't. Ha- I don't have the number here, uh, but if you know somebody in the library system, you can call down to Riston Landwer is what I'm going to tell you his last name is down at Pratt, and he's a program coordinator. He talked to me this morning, and uh, this is th- this program. Other states have been doing it, and I I, I kind of knew right out of the gate. Uh, uh, we didn't invent this, did we? Uh, but uh, this program is patterned after a program in Minnesota. And it sounds like they're just the greatest thing, though. It's it's a barrier that's uh, removed. You can go to your public library, get a park permit, and go to the, go to the state park. Uh, is that the vehicle permit that you're talking about? Yeah, the vehicle permit. If you want to camp, you either you, – uh, the camping opportunity is going to uh, cost – there's going to be a, a, a cost to the camping opportunity. And this makes a lot more sense. At one time, we had a program where you checked out tents and lanterns, and it was short-lived, at least in our area. But this this opportunity to utilize a park permit and 
then if you want to get into camping, you can kind of uh, try it out a little at a time. Uh, also, there's free camping over at Pottawatomie State Lake Number Two, uh, so that's just I'll just bring that up as that's another place for people to explore. I've never been up to that lake. Is that uh, is that a real big lake? Or is it well, it's not real big, uh, but uh, you, you drive almost all the way around it. It's very clear, um, and, and that free camping opportunity brings in, in quite a few people. Uh, it's not very far, but with the road construction, well, to tell you where it is, again, here I am showing my uh, the fact I'm a fossil because uh, I, I use uh, – references like the old kmart yeah that was long ago <laughs> and then uh dick edwards ford well that's i think it's a ford yeah that, that was long ago but you would go to green valley road and that would be the pavement uh <clears throat> and it's not quite all paved yet but it's getting there uh, but green valley school road or green valley road which would be on your way to wamego you go north there and Oh, there's maps out there to get you to Pottawatomie State Lake Number Two, and State Lake Number One is up in the Wheaton area, um, Blaine, uh, Blaine area. By the way, I've got an atlas here, and I just looked on page nine and ten. Is there are over thirty areas that are leased. Uh, these are ponds, so these ponds have water. Um, and they're leased from private landowners, and that allows fishing opportunity north of here. Now, there aren't a lot that are close. There's one or two that are in Riley County, but what the map I'm looking at has 30, and it goes from Washington and mainly Marshall County. So if you want to do some exploring up that way, uh, wear your tick protection. You know, that that's uh, with this wet weather, that's going to be uh, a necessary uh, and, and we, by the way, I saw people get ticks yesterday, and one of them was Wyatt. We moved deer blinds. We're getting ready for the assisted hunt this fall, and that'll be September. Uh, it'll be the weekend after Labor Day. Now, season's open Labor Day, but again, we're going to have those same temperatures that we had a few a week or two ago. 90 uh, degrees yeah. in May is not fun to deer hunt. But we did bring a couple blinds in just yesterday morning, and, and we're getting those refurbished in order that that uh, we can put them back out there and uh, get that assisted, I call it the Tuttle Creek Area Assisted Deer Hunt. And we're trying to get that back, uh, get the wheels back under that. So, well, Wyatt didn't mention that to me this morning, so I'll have to ask him about it. Well, he, he, uh, he was picking ticks off of him now. Um, I I didn't give him the preventative, which I wish I had. I, I got a big bottle of, I think it's perithrin, and it comes from chrysanthemums, I think. Uh, but it's a it's a we used to use it on pets. We when do you remember um, washing dogs, give them a flea bath, mm-hmm. cats too? Well, that was perithrin. Was and uh, now they want you to use rubber gloves for it. They found it was somewhat toxic to humans, but it is very effective, and it's a natural source. And I'm going to say it's chrysanthemums. Somebody might call in and correct me on that. 
All right. I'll take your word for it. Uh, <laughs> uh, as far as this weekend is concerned, there's uh, you know, the first weekend of June is uh, free fishing weekend in the state of Kansas, June 4th and 5th. We, we Googled that this morning just to confirm, but uh, uh, that's pretty neat. Uh, so There's a lot of places to go. Um, now, depending on the lake level, um, of course, there's state fishing, excuse me, state fishing lakes and these areas that are walk-in fishing areas. Uh, the, those I, I uh, had a, a, those go clear over to well they're statewide and again just between here and the Nebraska line uh, there there's thirty of them uh, that I just counted on that one page for uh, Washington and Marshall counties but there's plenty of places to fish uh, now if the if, if that weekend comes up and the lake level is starting to drop which that could root kind of mess up the fishing on Tuttle Creek. There's there's still opportunities if you get back in those uh, coves where the creeks are draining, where that water's flowing because they're pulling water out of the lake. Uh, that can give you some catfish opportunities in there. And Caleb, I know I know they're full here, but there will be some, uh, some uh, fishing opportunities here for some young people taking advantage this weekend. Yeah, the Tuttle Creek Lake Association Fishing Clinic is going on this weekend. Um, at uh, Annenberg Park. Uh, like you mentioned, registration for that is already full. You do have to pre-register for it, uh, but that but that's something they do every year, I believe. So look out for it next year and try to get in on it because obviously it's a, it's a very popular deal. Yeah, I would imagine a lot, of, a lot of folks like to take their kids out and, and just really take advantage of that. And I've mentioned it before, but I know the, I don't know what the status is. Like you said, that fishing clinic is full. I don't know what the status is on the, the sailing uh, school or camp that goes on, the day camp that goes on, or I'm going to call it evening camp, but I know there's one in July, so you might want to check with Blue Valley Yacht Club. Uh, on their website, you would be able to get to a link to the Blue Valley Yacht Foundation that puts on that Opti sailing class, and that they only have eight openings each. But it continues. I know they had the advanced was this weekend. Well, everything was canceled on sailing this weekend with 40-mile-an-hour winds or whatever it was, 30-plus. 30, 30 but that opportunity for kids is this, you know, summertime. It's summertime. Mm -hmm. It's a great time. I agree. Uh, just definitely watch out for – you mentioned ticks. Uh do we have to worry about snakes out here uh, a whole lot? I know well, there's – the state, I think, has three – poisonous snakes and uh one of them well there's two of them in the area the rattlesnake and don't press me on which one it is prairie rattler or the other one western well the prairie was a little i was around here but okay so we so uh, it was mentioned by our caller that uh is a rattlesnakes up near the orv area and there certainly are another one is copperheads it's not a rattlesnake but it's a poisonous snake and uh, another one is a Massasauga. And I, I was I, I told you I went to that, um, what, what do you call it, waterfall over at uh, Gary County. Yeah. And some little girl, she was on her way, and she was worried about anacondas. And I told her, well, anacondas are the biggest, baddest snakes there are, I'm pretty sure. But they're not poisonous, I don't think. And uh, I didn't bring it up to her, but she would have learned a new, a new snake variety, which would be Massasauga. And a Massasauga is a rattlesnake. It doesn't get very big. So, you know, it doesn't uh, – uh, 
it's not the it's not like that anaconda biggest baddest snake there is uh, in fact they they don't they they don't get big enough to hurt people if they got genes on uh, because the, the their fangs just are they're small they're smaller snakes but there is a another rattlesnake that's in this area um and goes from here east. I don't know how far west it goes. I'm not sure of its range. But that's a mat. mat what do I call it? Massasauga. There it is. <laughs> Can you spell that? No, I cannot. <laughs> I don't spell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, certainly much. I don't like snakes. Buick. B U I C. Yeah, I got in trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, is there anything else here before we wrap things up with you guys? Well, it's summertime. Have fun. Have fun. Be safe. All right. Sounds good. Well, guys, always appreciate talking to you here. We'll look forward to our next chat. Thank you. Stay tuned. We're going to talk with some folks here about an upcoming motorcycle rally. We're going to preview that upcoming next here on News Radio KMAN. And welcome back into In Focus on News Radio KMAN. We're going to be shifting gears just a little bit here as we talk with a member of the T-Bars Motorcycle Rally Club here, and uh, we welcome into the studio the president, correct? Correct, President Blinky. Good to talk to you here. Welcome in, Blinky. Uh, we have an event coming up here in June, June 11th, and it's the return of Riley County's biggest motorcycle event. Tell us what's going on. Uh, we're having a motorcycle rally there in Ogden. Um, it's to raise money for the youth activities like um, youth music and physical education program at Ogden Elementary. Uh, we have live bands, live DJs, uh, vendors, food trucks, bike show, bike wash, a beer tent, kids games, raffles, 50-50, uh, 14 hours of fun. Sounds good, and hopefully good weather to, to boot with that. As, uh, this is uh, not the first time you guys have done this. No, this is our third annual. And, and I think y'all came in here for the first annual, and I think I was the one to talk to you when you did. This may have correct. been a few years back, so it's good that to see you again, 2019. That's right. That's right. I had a bigger beard at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's cool. And, and this is a neat opportunity because uh, you're raising money for, for youth activities and uh, it's important to you guys. Yes. Uh, my son was part of a lot of the different activities there in Ogden growing up. He's now in high school. Um, played violin, played sports, so I'm kind of giving back to the organizations that he was part of. Now, when whenever you have these rallies, can people bring their motorcycle, or is that you ride your motorcycle? Come in a car, walk if you need to, ride a bicycle, just show up. It's for the whole community, not just for motorcyclists. All right, and this will take place at the Ogden Community Center, which is a a great venue there in Ogden. Um, it's ten ten dollars to enter your ride into the bike show. Uh, obviously, and the portions of that go to the uh, Ogden Youth Programs. There's be some awards I see. We've made trophies out of motorcycle parts, uh, sprockets, chains, rotors, handlebars, weld them together, paint them up, and uh, custom trophies that way. Something yeah. unique. Uh, it's also ten dollars to enter your bike in the loud pipe contest. The loudest pipes. Rub your motor, crowd uh, yells and screams, and whoever has the loudest pipes wins that event. Uh, for the bike show, you just 
vote for which bike that you think is the best-looking bike that you like the most, and whoever has the most votes wins that for first, second, and third. We will also have a kid's class in the bike show. Bicycle, power wheels, whatever they want to bring, <laughs> and we'll have awards for the children as well. Awesome. Now, Blinky, as a, a member of the T-Bars Club, I have to ask gamesmanship-wise, would handlebars resembling T-Bars be something to look into as a potential to maybe win the tournament? I'm just trying to get a little bit of a leg up here. No favorites, but, you know, <laughs> uh, T-Bars is also an acronym other than being the handlebars. It stands for T-Bars, the Badass Rider Society. Um, badass is them being cool. Nothing that we're trying to be anything that we're not. Well, you do look cool to, my, to me, I must say. I'm digging the bandana today. Very, very nice. Yeah, my hat won't fit under these earphones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, out of the last few years, I don't, I'm not sure if this is the first year you've done the bike show associated with the rally, but um, if you haven't, what are maybe some of the bikes that you've seen that have really stood out in the last few years that have maybe, if they were if they were in the competition or if they would have maybe been really good for a competition if there wasn't one? Um, we've had the bike show. This will be the third year. A loud pipe contest was uh, the first year last year for that. But in the bike show, um, a 87 Heritage uh one or got second place or third place i'm not sure um but there's a really cool dyna that was custom built by the owner uh also the um bike that won it last year was a two-year-old power wheels little harley davidson power wheels the community voted it the number one bike so it is for the youth so we decided we'd separate the two classes so uh, it'd be fair for everybody, just how that goes. Very nice. Nick's more of the biker enthusiast. Than he actually owns a motorcycle. Right? I have a Honda. I know it's not exactly the, the cool thing for a lot of people. There's people who maybe rag on Hondas a little bit. I'm a fan. I, I like the simplicity of maintenance. I'm a drive shaft type of guy, so that's what I go for. Hondas, Yamahas, Kawasaki's, Harleys. Got two wheels and you're in win. It's all cool, bro. That's good. That's good. What about trikes, though? If I were to have a, a trike of some sort, I've seen a few nice ones around town. Could I bring it by the rally? Most definitely. Okay. Could I enter it in the competition, too? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. I had to check on that one. There are sometimes rules on the wheel It's number. open to every style of motorcycle. Uh, same with the loud pipe contest. Um, there's some really loud Hondas, even for 650. I have the I have the eighteen hundred F version. It's not awesome. quite. It's not very loud. I'll say it has. It's all basically stock. There's not very much customization going on. The pipes are as bare bones as can be. But it's not a very loud one. I had an older one that was louder. This one's just kind of. A, this one's more of a highway type rider than a, a loud showy bike. Though it is bright yellow, which you can say what you want. Maybe that is showy. Hey, it's bright. And it's on two wheels, and that works for me. I agree. I agree with that one. Now, Nick, if you bring your bike out on uh, June 11th, you can also get it detailed, I see. Yes, we have the T-Bar girls uh, doing a bike wash uh, for donation, and those proceeds will also go to um, what we're raising money for for the youth. 
Fantastic. All right. Well, that'll that'll be good. And there's a lot of entertainment. Can you talk a little bit about some more of the entertainment here? Can we expand upon that? We've got uh, five bands, which is uh, Jalen Johnston, country singer. Then we have Paul Bluesy Chess. We have Esper Wins Rewind Party Band. And then Mad Michelle out of Kansas City is our headliner. Okay. So some good opportunity to see some live music, and there's, you know, it's nice to see that's been coming back a little bit more frequently here uh, with the pandemic uh, causing some issues. But you know, anytime you get a chance to see some live music, that's uh, I'm down for that. So most definitely, yeah. So we got a little bit of everything for everybody. Very cool. Um, and tell us a little bit about the organization, the, the T-Bars uh, organization, and and how you can get involved if someone is hearing this for the first time. Uh, well, T-Bars was founded in 2006 in Newport, Wales, in the United Kingdom by British and Welsh bikers. I started the chapter here in the United States in Kansas in 2009. Um, we attend bike nights at uh, R.C. McGraw's and Rosebud's in Junction City. Come hang out with us. We're a good group of guys and our accomplices, which are significant others uh, ride with us so come hang out uh come to ogden of course for the motorcycle rally um we do a lot of different cool things in october we have a haunted trail and it's free to enter you just bring canned goods that go to the ogden food pantry so we do a lot of different things for the community all right sounds good well if you are curious and you want to hear some of the, the live music ahead of time, 101.5 K-Rock, our sister station, they have a, an article there, and you can actually listen to one of the songs from Esper Wins on their page. They've got a, a video there that has that and uh, some photos of uh, the ladies, which is nice, and uh, all the, from past events as well. So uh, June 11th is the uh, big motorcycle rally in Ogden. Anything else you want to highlight? That runs from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m., so... Please come out, join us, and have a great day uh, with motorcycles, bands, and badassery. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, uh, Blinky, we appreciate you coming out here and, and previewing this, and uh, we're going to let you go chat with the K-Rock guys here coming up in just a moment. Thank you for having me. Right on, right on, right on. <laughs> All right, uh, that's going to wrap up our In Focus here today. Tomorrow, we'll get an update from the uh, Manhattan Ogden Schools. Uh, we'll be talking with Marvin Wade and a board member there. Uh, Manhattan Fire Department and downtown Manhattan all scheduled for tomorrow.